Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back into another episode of the Fantasy Football Radio Hour. As always, I'm your host, Luke Sawhook. Today, we're going live at a different time today, so hopefully the crowd is not too thin. Uh, we're doing the show today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time instead of 7 p.m. Eastern Time. But today, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys for another hour about fantasy football, obviously, as the title of the show. Uh, today, we had a lot of training camp news coming out, uh, but my favorite news of the day by far was the news that Kyle Shanahan came out and basically officially crowned Trey Lance as the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team. He's still on the roster. He currently has permission to go out there and, um, you know, find a trade for the team right now. Jonesy's in here spamming hearts and stuff. Jonesy, how you doing? Thanks for being here in the middle of the day, boys. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really excited for Trey Lance, man. I, I was Most of you guys know who are listening to this. Trey Lance is one of my guys this season. He's one of my favorite players uh, for fantasy football production after seeing what Jalen Hurts did last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm really excited to see what Trey Lance can do as a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers this season. And uh, this news pretty much all but confirms Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. Uh, well, I would say it pretty much does confirm that he is gone. Uh, the only reason I say it does not fully confirm that he's gone yet is because he hasn't been traded yet, right? But I fully expect uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to be out the door here very, very shortly. MJ is here and he's loading in. Let's see if he has a question or just saying what's up. MJ, how you doing, man? Yo, what up, Luke? How's it going? I'm doing good, man. Did you have something for me, or are you just coming to say hi? MJ? <laughs> did, you have did you have a question or something, or were you just saying what's up? You're muted if you're trying to talk. All right, we'll move on for that for now. Uh, but yeah, I was just talking about Trey Lance a second ago. Um, I feel like a narrative that's getting really, really tired for me with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo hey, this year. Oh, can you hear MJ's me? back. MJ, what's up? Yep, yep, you're good to go. I can hear you. How are you doing today, Luke? Doing great, man. How are you? Doing great. Just got off work. Good looks, man. Uh, feel free to, you know, ask any questions if you have them or just hang out and enjoy the show. Appreciate you being here. But yeah, uh, I think the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is really interesting, as we talked about a lot on yesterday's show, actually, so some potential landing spots for Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a pretty short list of names out there, but uh, some teams that I like, obviously the Seattle Seahawks are one. I think that the Cleveland Browns could be a really interesting landing spot for him as well. And I also think that the New York Giants could low-key be in the mix. Uh, I think they could use a little bit of a starting injection there with Jimmy G, possibly. But you know what? I think that Seattle or Cleveland are probably going to be the likely suitors, especially Cleveland. You know, because Cleveland, if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, they go from being a team that basically throws their playoff chances this season in the garbage with Jacoby Brissett out there at quarterback to all of a sudden, you know, definitely having a shot at making the playoffs in the AFC with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is a world beater because he's obviously not, right? Um, but, you know, it gives you the – it gives the – not the 49ers. It gives the Browns a lot better chance of winning games this season uh, than rolling out, you know, Jacoby Brissett as a starting quarterback. Joshua's coming up. Joshua, how we doing today, man? Loading in, loading in. Joshua, how you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? Just hanging out, eating some Cool Ranch Doritos, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the Browns are an interesting <coughs> landing spot, I think, for Jimmy G, because uh, it's kind of similar in that, you know, there's such a strong ground game there that he could still kind of manage, and uh, with Cooper being there, have pretty decent targets with Njoku, too, being so athletic at tight end, uh, where... Yeah, I think he could definitely take them uh, at least to the playoffs. But, you know, apart from him, I think the the Browns would just kind of humbly bow out this season in terms of being competitive. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo definitely gives him a chance to compete. Uh, not a great chance. I think, you know, in terms of like Super Bowl, I, was, I, don't, I don't think you're winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo on the Browns next season. But that being said, I mean, I think they win at least eight games with Jimmy G, and I feel like they could squeak in the playoffs if the AFC goes sideways a little bit. I definitely agree with you there. Okay, MJ, go ahead, man. What's up? Give your hand raised. Um, <clears throat> Jim, Jimmy G still in the Niners, correct? There hasn't been no new trades. No, no there? transaction or anything, but Kyle Shanahan came out and said, this is Trey Lance's team, and we're done with Jimmy. Okay, cool. So, yeah, because um, I remember posting something about that, um, I think, last week when they gave uh, Jimmy G's agent the right to look for a trade, and I put the Browns up as one of the trade contenders, and then – 
somebody from the Browns organization hit me up saying that they feel confident in Jacoby Brissett, especially if Watson's only looking at anywhere from a four to an eight-game suspension because they really believe in Watson, of course, you know, giving him all that money. But they believe that Jacoby Brissett, if he wins, you know, half of his games at least, that does put them in playoff contention, especially when Deshaun Watson Watson comes back because, like you guys mentioned, they have that strong round game where they don't necessarily have to rely on the passing game 100% of the time. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just, I think it really just depends on the length of the suspension we see for Deshaun Watson. I feel like in that, then they'll, you know, further push their move one way or another to go and seek another quarterback or just roll with Jacoby Brissett for the season. Um, because, you know, if it's multi-games for Deshaun Watson, but not the full season, you know, we're looking at, you know, four to six games or what have you. Then, of course, I feel like, you know, Jacoby Brissett's a fine guy to, you know, come in and start a few games for you. But if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the entire season, I feel like they'd be foolish to not go look in some other options like a Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, somebody else like that. Because I feel like they're going to need it. If they, I, I do not think they win more than six games with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback this season. Jacoby's just not that special. He really isn't. I feel like he's not even a top 40 quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you know, there's a lot of better quality backups out there. That I think you could go out there and do a better job than Jacoby Brissett personally. Yeah, I, I don't know. 100% agree. And like you said, you know, it all comes down to how long Deshaun Watson's suspension is. Right. And I'm actually surprised we haven't got any more updates on that suspension. It's been a while since there's hearings, and I feel like the suspension should be coming soon, especially with training camp getting started. Like, we're getting close to the season. I feel like the, the decision needs to come down pretty soon here. Uh, Joshua, I want to ask you a question, actually. What do you think about this AFC playoff picture this season? Like, do you think it's possible we could see all four AFC West teams make the playoffs? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think it's, I don't like thinking too too far in advance. I kind of want to see, uh, you know, some action in the regular season. But, man, what a strong, strong, uh, you know, division. Like, I mean, it's pretty crazy to see all the top quarterbacks there. And just like the high-powered offenses we're going to see, like, I would not be surprised or shocked to see, uh, you know, just, yeah. I mean, the, all, all those teams are contenders. I don't know what the picture is going to look like, you right. know, at the end of the season. It's, it's just pretty crazy. Yeah, the AFC is absolutely loaded with talent top to bottom and throughout the entire conference. But the AFC West is, I think that you could argue it's the best division on paper we've ever seen going into a season, at least in my recent memory. You know, you have um, just top to bottom, every single team in that division is absolutely loaded. You know, the Raiders last season already were a playoff team. They almost beat the Bengals in the first round of the playoffs. I feel like a lot of people don't remember that. You know, they have Derek Carr, who's a franchise quarterback. They went out there, had a good year last year, even amidst all the John Gruden controversy and the Henry Ruggs controversy. And, you know, they put together a playoff season. And then you add in Chandler Jones, who's one of the best edge defenders in the NFL. And then you go out and get the best offensive player. Well, not the best offensive player the best wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion, Devontae Adams, pairing up with uh, Derek Carr, uh, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. I mean, that's a very formidable offense. And, you know, the defense is getting better, too, like, for sure. And then, you know, you, I feel like then that, you could argue that that's the weakest team in the division, which is crazy. Yeah. A playoff team last year, that definitely got better. I mean, I don't want to hype up Russ too much, but, like, one thing that I love about Russell Wilson is that, like, he entered into that, division like willingly you know like he didn't want to take some easy route you know with easy uh you know competition um he's right there toe-to-toe with all those other guys and even some of the young risers now and uh i'm really excited to see the broncos actually and you know i kind of worry a little bit that we're kind of getting too hyped because russ is awesome but it is a new team and there's probably going to be some you know amount of kind of getting used to the system and everything like that but the broncos are one team that i'm just super excited about seeing you know, Cortland Sutton, obviously, and Judy. And, you know, we were talking about Albert O the other day. Um, and the ground game, obviously, with Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the Broncos. Um, who do you have as the top team there, Luke? Like, just kind of right now, if you were to say who's the best team there. See, for me, I think the best team, arguably, not best team in the NFL, but my pick to win the Super Bowl this year is the L.A. Chargers. Oh, wow. Actually, I love the Chargers. But just, uh, just real quick before I get into that, I agree with your love for the Broncos, and I honestly don't think you are you should be concerned about hyping up Russell Wilson too much. Like We know how good of a player he is, 
And I'm honestly not too concerned about him going to a new situation in Denver because you know, like the last two seasons now, we've seen a quarterback go to a brand new team and win the Super Bowl. So, you know, like who says it can't be three years in a row, you know? You know, so I saw Stafford go to the Rams last year and win it all. And the year before that, it was Brady and the Buccaneers. So who knows this year? It could be Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I mean, this team is very, very good on paper. They have a great defense, a lot of weapons on offense. You know, I feel like it all lines up for their – it all lines up there pretty nicely in my opinion. But, you know, the Chargers, I really like the Chargers. Uh, Well, mostly because I love their offense, right? Their offense is undeniably good. You have Austin Eckler, you have Justin Herbert, you have Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen. I mean, those are four studs. And uh, and the fill-in pieces are getting better and better, right? You know, we're seeing the emergence of Josh Palmer right now in training camp. Isaiah Spiller is a quality rookie rookie back that they added to this uh, this team. Um, I think the thing that really sets them apart, though, for me, is the talent they have on the defensive side of the ball. The Chargers mm-hmm. went out and got Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson this offseason, who are two studs, and added him already to a stacked defensive uh, you know, side of the ball with Derwin James and Joey Bosa. So you have Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, and J.C. Jackson, who are four Pro Bowl talent, all-pro talent guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's extremely, extremely rare. So, you know, in that division, you know, you're going to need a good defense against all these elite quarterbacks and elite offenses that are in the AFC West and just in the AFC in general. And I feel like that the pieces that they have, you know, to go against these opposing teams is, is going to be very, very interesting. You know, that pass rush with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, if those guys can stay healthy, which I know is a pretty big question mark considering their injury history over the last couple seasons, if they can stay healthy and J.C. Jackson and Derwin James can stay healthy, I mean, this is a very, very formidable defense. Um, and, you know, I think come playoff time, Justin Herbert, we know what he's capable of. He's a franchise quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. Their offense is ready to go. Their defense is ready to go. Like, I feel like this team has every box checked, in my opinion. Like, I don't really see a flaw with this team. They also have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. I don't know. I just think that they're, they're built to win this win this season. But, I mean, every team in that division is loaded. Like, we already talked about the Broncos, <laughs> the Raiders, and the Chargers. And then the Chiefs are just sitting over there. You know, they've been to the AFC Championship game or better in the last three seasons or four seasons. And Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the NFL. You lose Tyreek Hill, and, you know, they have a lot of turnover every offseason because of their salary cap with the big boys up there with Mahomes and Kelsey's contracts and whatnot. But, you know, this team's going to be good again. They replaced Tyreek Hill with a lot of, you know, different contributors with MVS, Juju, and Sky Moore. I don't really know if this team's going to be better in the passing game than it was last year. I feel like it's obviously a reason to say there could be some regression there. But, I mean, overall, I mean, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Andy Reid's a great coach. Mahomes is a great quarterback. I mean, there's a lot to like about that division, top to bottom. Like, I, what, the original question I asked you was like, do you think we could see all four of these teams in the playoffs? Like, I don't think it's likely, but you know, if I woke up from a coma, you know, <laughs> a month from now, and you told me that they were all in the playoffs, like I would totally believe you. You know. Yeah, hopefully you'd be asking some other things besides that, though. No, no, no. Immediately <laughs> when I wake up, I would be like, okay, how many AFC West teams <laughs> in the playoffs? I feel like that's the most important. That's thing. dedication, dedication right there. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, I actually want to see some opinions on this. Akash, what do you think? Do you think that's possible? I know they can kind of cannibalize a little bit in the division there, but, like, do you think all four of those guys – well, not all four of the guys, all four of the teams could make the playoffs possibly? There's seven spots just what for comparison. Do you think all four AFC West teams can make the playoffs? I mean, yeah, it's basically possible. Um, well, so who else is, like – Really, can competing for like a wild card spot in the AFC? There's a lot, man. I mean, the AFC has a lot of I'm, quality. I'm, teams. That's what I'm trying to think of. I mean, uh, you got the bang, Bengals or Ravens will be a wild card team. Yep, Bengals or Ravens. Dolphins, um, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills. No, I mean, so two of those teams won't be won't be. Uh, so like, let's say the Bills won the division. So Patriots and Patriots and Dolphins. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe. Uh, what what's the last division that I'm missing? Oh yeah. South. Yeah. You got you know you got the Titans and Colts. Not Two pretty tight. solid teams there. Not and then, you know, the Jaguars could be a dark horse, possibly. You never know. So, I don't know. There's a lot of quality teams. I, I feel like I looked at it before on paper, and I feel like I saw 12. So predicated on A.J. Brown being fucking amazing and Derrick Henry being one of the best running backs. And Derrick Henry had a really bad foot injury. Even before the foot injury, his efficiency went down. Uh, so, yeah, Titans probably – are like a sleeper to be bad. Yeah, definitely possible. They like definitely could take a step back. I totally understand. They uh, have I lost mean, a lot Colts, of their talent. Colts, uh, Matt Ryan is pretty good, um, but they're still like a, a low ceiling team with a run first offense. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really care about that for fantasy. I, you know, I, I I'm viewing this from a real life like, perspective. For like getting in a wild card spot, or like them, one of them is obviously going to win the division, but then like whoever doesn't win the division probably doesn't make the playoffs. I think that the Colts win this division pretty easily, honestly. I feel like yeah, the, I the upgrade from I think Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz is a really big upgrade, honestly. Um, and you know, I think they honestly should have made the playoffs last year. You know, Carson Wentz choked against the Jaguars, and the Steelers crept him. in. Well, I mean, it was one game, but like, it was the team's fault. Like, they just scapegoated Carson once because they didn't want them to look bad. Well, I know. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's all Carson Wentz's fault, but I mean, the Colts in general, they should have been in the playoffs last year. They were going in. They were playing Jacksonville, who got the number one overall pick in the draft last season, and they blew. Remember when Jonathan Taylor was like actually getting like MVP considerations? That was fucking hilarious. I mean, yeah, that's never really going to happen for a running back to win MVP. I feel like that's kind of crazy, but. You know, it's it's whatever. MJ has his hand raised. What's up, man? Go ahead. Um, it was about the AFC West uh, division competition. Yeah, go ahead. I uh, really believe it all comes down to Derek Carr's play. I can see Russell Wilson taking the Broncos, Mahomes taking the Chiefs, Herbert taking the Chargers. You know, all three of those teams have had boosts on their defense roster, so I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I really think it all comes down to the Raiders. Can Derek Carr? show a dramatic increase with Devontae Adams. I mean, Derek Carr's been a good quarterback, hasn't been great, but he's been good. And so can Devontae Adams push him to the next level? And then can the defense also be more consistent? Because the Raiders have had such an inconsistent defense for the last 15 years. I don't even know where they rank. Are they 30th? Are they dead last? Are they in the middle? That's a hard team to to rank when it comes to defensive-wise. Yeah, I feel like the defensive ranking for the Raiders is very, very interesting. Um, I think Derek Carr. I feel pretty good about Derek Carr, honestly, because I mean, we we've seen Derek Carr be a pretty solid quarterback um, for you know pretty much his entire career. He hasn't really sucked at all. Well, he's had a couple down years, I should say, but I mean, he's had some really big years. I remember a few years ago he was in like MVP conversations there a little bit. Um, I mean, he can be a, a good quarterback. I mean, he put up a really nice performance against the Bengals in the in the wild card game last season. And, uh, you know, I, they, he played pretty well. I mean, they lost. It was a really close game, though. Um, I think that Derek Carr is a really solid quarterback. And, you know, giving him Devontae Adams to pair up with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, I mean, that's a really formidable slew of weapons. I think that Adams is really going to elevate his play, honestly. I mean, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. I feel like adding that level of talent to pretty much any quarterback in the NFL would make them a lot better. I feel like it would be pretty hard not to. I mean, you're throwing – the football to a guy who gets open at an extremely high rate and pulls away a ton of attention from the defense, from your other targets, also helping them get open. So, I mean, it's a huge advantage to have a guy like that on your team. And, you know, we've seen Derek Carr for the majority of his career really not have that many quality weapons in uh, Las Vegas slash Oakland. I mean, he had Amari Cooper, I guess, for a little while. And, you know, Darren Waller emerged over these past couple of years, but he never really had a wide receiver one that was very good. I mean, a couple of, I mean, like last year or two years ago, I mean, I remember – there was hype across the board for Brian Edwards because they didn't really have any other wide receivers there with Darren Waller. You know, like, that's the, how desolate his weapons were. But now he has a really good, you know, array of weapons. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro are great. So, I mean, I expect him to be a pretty high-level quarterback this year, not necessarily for fantasy. I feel like he could be a fringe QB1. I believe he's, like, my QB13 or 14 in my rankings because I know I feel like that's just where he lives in that range. But I think that you cannot really understate the addition of Devontae Adams to this offense. He's, he's truly just... You know, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's dominant. He can do anything and everything you need him to. He's a route runner. He's in a physical guy. He's a red zone threat. You know, he's a, he's a total package. And I feel like you can't replace that guy very easily. So, And they also played in college, you know, not to get too narrative streety, but, you know, the connection's already there, and I'm excited to see what they can do together this season. Uh, to pivot off to somebody else, actually talking about quarterbacks and uh, wide receivers playing in college, uh, Akash, I actually want to toss this one to you because I know he's your boy. Talk about Hollywood Brown. Um, I feel like his ADP right now is really good in fantasy. I feel like, you know, Hollywood Brown obviously is a good player. And I love him in fantasy right now. He's currently ranked in my wide receiver 19. Um, I think we all know that Hollywood Brown is going to get off to a hot start this season for the first six games that DeAndre Hopkins are suspended. But what do you expect the workload to look like without DeAndre Hopkins and with DeAndre Hopkins for Hollywood Brown? And if you make it, if you think it makes a substantial difference or it doesn't really move the needle too much. Yeah, I was on Roto Surgeon's podcast like a couple of days ago, and I was talking about how 
even when Hopkins back, I expect Marquise to be the wide receiver one. Uh, just because uh, the, the role that we've seen him earn over the past few seasons is borderline elite in terms of the the role he earns. And Hopkins, while I do think that it is possible that he bounces back for a 30-year-old who had a down year last year, even before his injury, um, coming off of a PED suspension, I think that there's some uh, red flags there in terms of him bouncing back. So... When Marquise Brown, even with DeAndre Hopkins, I think he'll still be wide receiver one or, or wide receiver, like, them being 1A, 1B. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like at worst it'll be a 1A, 1B situation for Hollywood. And I do think it's quite possible that Hollywood just comes out and he asserts himself in the first few weeks that DeAndre Hopkins is gone. And when Hopkins comes back, I feel like, you know, he might be the wide receiver two there, honestly. Um, it, it is weird because, you know, just two short seasons ago, De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins was, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL, and now he's, you know, falling off a cliff with the age, the injuries, lack of production last season, and the suspension. It just does not feel nearly as good anymore at all. Yeah, definitely. Things fall off a cliff quick with those older, uh, those older wide receivers very, very quickly. Uh, MJ, what do you have to say, man? Go ahead. Um, I think uh, Marquise Brown will – keep that wide receiver one value just like uh akash says uh you have sky Moore on that team if you look at sky Moore's routes and the way how he's used he's not really used as your traditional wide receiver um definitely used a lot different than any of those wide receivers on the roster you still have you still have aj green who you know an extra year older didn't have that great of a year last year but you know he's still somewhat a decent valuable weapon but when Hopkins comes back, that's going to push, I think, both Moore and A.J. Green down that chart. So you're going to consistently have Hopkins. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot sides. about A.J. Green until you just said his name. Right. And, you mean, you mean and then you also have Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was a hell of a target machine last year, and he's very consistent. I believe he's been a top five tight end out of the last seven years. There's no reason to sleep on Zach Ertz still in that offense. James Conner's going to take all of Chase Edmonds' um, receptions that Chase Edmonds got last year. So I, I really feel great about Hollywood Brown staying as a number one wide receiver for that team. Yeah, I love what you just brought up about Zach Ertz. Um, Akash and I really like Zach Ertz. I, he's one of my favorite uh, middle rounds to late round tight ends targets. I've been drafting him a lot. He's my tight end seven this season. I he's really, good in really like because he's so cheap, but in, in redraft it feels it just feels okay. Like he, well, okay, he was well, like tight end like eight last year. Uh, which is fine, but I don't think it's yeah. making production from him, but it's a pretty sure bet to get like tier two production. I like it. it's fine. I really like his I really like his uh production in the sense MJ that I feel like his role is really secure with this team. I'm sure I mean you can say that about other guys like, you know, Dallas Goddard and stuff, et cetera, but I feel like the opportunity is really, really good there. Like I feel like he could be the number two target for this Cardinals offense through the first And season. you gotta remember that's the reason why Ertz was a little bit lower last year in the rankings because he had a few games being on that Philadelphia Eagles offense still where Goddard were seeing more targets than him. And that was the reason why he was frustrated on that team. And then boom, right. gets to Arizona. Yeah, Goddard, I Goddard think his first good. game, he saw like 12 targets. Like, I mean, that's just great stuff to see. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Thanks for that point, MJ. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, LJ McGregor's here. LJ, how you doing, man? What's up? All right. How you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, just getting back to the Ertz, uh, Zach Ertz thing. Um, I don't, the, the draft strategy this year is I think there's just so many good value at late round tight end. They take one of the top top three or four tight ends and it's just a waste of a pick with so much talent on the board, especially a wide receiver. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand what you're saying, right? Uh, you know, if you have to pay for the top end price for some of these top tight ends, I totally agree. It could be – it could not pan out the way you want. I actually do find myself either drafting Travis Kelsey – Mark Andrews or just waiting because uh, George Kittle I love George Kittle in terms of the NFL talent right but there are some questions of how he's going to look with Trey Lance under center same with Darren Waller I feel like there's definitely some question marks there with him uh, mostly getting his production off of you know being a target vacuum now he's still going to be a target vacuum he's still going to be a great player for the Raiders but you know Darren Waller with the addition of Devontae Adams there you know you have De- Devontae Adams who's a target hog Darren Waller who's a target hog and Hunter Renfro who's a target hog Obviously, I feel like Darren Waller is going to, you know, 
be better than Hunter Renfro, right? But I feel like he's not going to see the upside that you would kind of want to see from Darren Waller. I really like Waller as a player, and I, I don't think he's going to get schemed out by any means. But I feel like Devontae Adams is clearly the guy you want to draft there. Um, so I, I find myself either drafting the, the utmost premium tight ends, like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. And I understand your point, right? Like you feel like it could be a waste in value with the top wide receivers there. But the thing with tight end that you need to keep in mind is it's a positional advantage on a week-to-week basis when you're putting together your rosters. Like if you have a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews or you know an elite top three fantasy football tight end, um, if your opponent is rolling out, let's say, a Zach Ertz or an Evan Ingram or a Hunter Henry or a, a Cole Komet or something who's going to average like 10 to 12 points per game where Kelsey could average, you know, like 18 points per game or something like that or 20 or, you know, something really, really good. It's a huge advantage on a week-to-week basis just to have that, that baseline advantage at just that positional value alone. So when What's you're your thoughts on prior moves? What's your thoughts on prior moves? On Fryermuth, I love Fryermuth in the long term. I'm a big Steelers fan. I think he's a great talent. I feel like you know he's an he's an amazing weapon around the red zone. Um, he was really good last year in his rookie year. Uh, this year, I'm not the biggest fan yeah, of Fryermuth just because I think he's a quarterback's best friend. No, I totally agree with that. I, you know, he's a really really safe target. He definitely has shades of Heath Miller to him because you know he's that reliable target, that red zone guy for the Steelers offense, and I, a lot of Steelers fans will agree with me on that. Uh, the thing I don't like about him this year, though, only this year, is I don't know what to expect from him in terms of the pecking order of targets, right? Because, you know, the Steelers have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and they got George Pickens, and they got Pat Fryermuth, and they got the rookie Calvin Austin. Like, I just don't really know what to expect from this team in terms of the pecking order of targets, right? We saw last year uh, Pat Fryermuth be really successful with just Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson and Muth because Juju was injured for most of the season, right? And I feel like that's a big factor, you know. I mean, he's going to see more targets for that reason. I feel like it also was impressive last year what he did, though. I, I think I really think it was. Um, that being said, though, I don't know what to expect from this quarterback room in terms of fantasy football production, and I don't really know what to expect from Friar Muth in terms of targets that he earns. So all that being combined, I, I don't love Friar Muth this year at cost because I feel like he could develop into a – a pretty touchdown-dependent player for fantasy football production this season. But long-term, I think he's going to be great, and I really like his talent. MJ, go right ahead, man. Um, yeah, I was about Whoa, Pat. News. Julio Jones Pat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Holy shit. That's big time, boys. Um, what I was going to say about um, Trubisky is Mitchell Trubisky, I believe I looked at his uh, stats the other day about how often he targets tight ends. He targets tight ends, I think, the lowest out of any quarterback – um, any 32 ranking quarterback. I think it was at 16 or 15 percent, and the average uh, tight end um, percentage that you see from other quarterbacks is around 22 to 25 percent. And so, with Pat being a bust this year and more touchdown dependent, I really do see that more um, coming into play for this year. But um, like you said, down the road, Pat can be a great great tight end especially in fantasy you know as soon as they get that quarterback uh, situation settled yeah absolutely am i muted can you hear me okay that's a yes hang on one second uh... sorry i'm freaking out with all this julio jones news here uh let's talk about this guys okay julio jones just signed a one-year deal with the tampa Bay buccaneers so if anyone wants to come up and talk about that let's do it I think that's going to be big-time news for fantasy football this season. I think that pretty much kills Russell Gage's value, honestly. I think Russell Gage is pretty irrelevant now with Julio there. Maybe I'm overreacting to the name of Julio Jones, but I think that Julio Jones should come in immediately and be higher on the depth chart than Russell Gage. He is getting up there in age, but I, I personally think that Julio immediately should be a top 30 wide receiver uh, for fantasy football purposes, like right now. Um, so I think that Julio Jones is going to be a really meaningful contributor for this Buccaneers passing team, um, passing offense. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I'm doing any fantasy drafts right now where I'm on the clock so I can go get Julio immediately. But if anyone wants to come up here and share their thoughts on Julio, what do you guys think? How does it impact Russell Gage? How, like, how do you think Julio's value is going to be? Uh, Chris Godwin, you know, what do you guys think? Talk to me. That's awesome, I think. Um, if you play best ball drafts, um, I'm in a lot of them right now. And I've been trying to grab Julio Jones. 
as my last or second to last pick because he's been falling down in the ADP, of course, um, just because, you know, they look at last year's um, statistics. He didn't do too well. And then his age. But I assumed he was going to be signing with Matt Ryan or with Tom Brady. And it looks like he did land with Tom Brady. I think those are the only two great quarterbacks that can alleviate his game, uh, being the, his age that he is. Um, you look at most wide receivers that are up in that age that have played with Tom Brady. Tom Brady made them, you know, look like stars again. And so I think that's phenomenal news um, with Russell Gage. You know, I see his stats going down slightly. You know, I could have seen him getting 900 to 800 yards this year. And maybe now with Julio and then Godwin coming back later, he might be down to like 600, 700-yard range. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, let's try to get uh, DeCucci versus the bookies up here. Let's go DeCucci. Love to see it. W name. Get up here, bro. He's connecting. What's up, man? I was just curious what your thoughts on were, what your thoughts were on like the uh, Minnesota Vikings offensive pieces. Obviously, they got a new offensive coordinator. We kind of know what Kirk Cousins is going to give us. He's going to give us kind of like QB ten to fifteen ish on a good on a good week. What do you think about Thielen and Jefferson and Cook? Where do they land in your board? And what are you thinking as far as that? Yeah, I really like the Minnesota weapons this season, man. I think that you know the Vikings are. They've been a really consistent fantasy football offense for a few years now. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson is a stud. He's my wide receiver two this season. He could end up being the wide receiver one overall. He's a great first-round pick in fantasy this year. He's a very, very reliable, consistent playmaker for your fantasy teams and in real life. He's a stud. He can do everything and everything. Uh, I, you know, I really, really like his skill set. Obviously, he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, even at his young age. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson's locked and loaded. Dalvin Cook is another stud for me. He's my RB6 or 7 in my rankings. I think he's an excellent first-round draft pick, just like Justin Jefferson. You know it's you know what to expect from Dalvin Cook at this point in his career with Minnesota. We've seen it year in and year out. Nothing, nothing really that dramatic has changed from the situation. You know, It's still he and Alexander Madison there in that backfield. He's going to be the lead guy. He's going to get a big workload. He's going to be efficient. He's going to be great for fantasy. He's a great first-round draft pick. Plenty of ceiling, really high floor. That's exactly what you're looking for in any fantasy running back, right? Uh, and then Adam Thielen, I love Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is a great value in fantasy drafts right now. He scored 10-plus touchdowns two years in a row. Last year, he didn't even play the full season at all. He missed a, quite a few games down the stretch. Uh, I feel like in a points-per-game points basis last season, Adam Thielen was the wide receiver 15 for fantasy, which is really, really good. I mean, uh, where he's being drafted right now, which is like outside the top 35, maybe even outside the top 40 uh, in some formats, Adam Thielen is a steal. I think he's a very, very good player, and he's just being driven down in cost because of his age and because, you know, we just, you know, last year he got injured. Last year we didn't really get to see that much of Adam Thielen for a full season. I feel like if Adam Thielen got injured at the beginning of the season and then, you know, did what Adam Thielen do, uh, did over the stretch of the, when he's got those 10 touchdowns towards the back half of the year, people would like him a lot more. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I like all the Vikings options this season, and Kirk Cousins is going to be Kirk Cousins. He's going to be a mid, you know, mid-tier QB1 to, you know, sorry, fringe QB1 to high-end QB2. So I really like him. Uh, losing sucks is in here. If anyone wants to come up here and talk about Julio Jones to, to Tampa, that's the hot news right now. Uh, re request to speak, and we'll get you up here And if you have any questions about it. Uh, really appreciate it. Dacucci. And he's gone. All right, if anyone else has anything to add right now, any questions to ask or anything, hit the request to speak button in the bottom hand left-hand corner of your screen. We'll get you up here, and we'll talk about anything and everything fantasy football or NFL related with you. I'm going to mic here for like five seconds to prompt somebody to come up here to speak. But if not, I'll get back to probably talking about Julio Jones and Tampa Bay. All right, nobody there. That's fine, though. So I think – I wonder if this is going to start a trend here of these veteran wide receivers who haven't found a team yet starting to sign with teams. I feel like they've been waiting for training camp to start, so it makes a lot of sense. Julio to Tampa Bay. I feel like that could be a poor indication of Chris Godwin's health, actually. Uh, believe it or not, and then I asked. I also am interested to see yeah, what that's, guys. That's think. a great uh, take you just said about maybe Godwin not being as fully healthy as they're saying. That's great. That's yeah, it's a great perspective what you just said. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But yeah, I, I think it's you know an indicator that Godwin probably won't be 100 percent this year, even with without this you know transaction. I kind of believed that the entire time. To be honest with you, I work for a sports injury website with a Pro Football Doc and. He fully believes that Chris Godwin coming off the ACL will not be himself to at least start the season. We might see, you know, more of your classic Chris Godwin that we know and love towards the back half of the year. 
But, you know, first and foremost, we're going to see uh, Chris Godwin get off to a little bit of a slower start to the season this year. Um, and I think that that's going to be very impactful for fantasy football. So I feel like Julio Jones is going to come in and be an immediate impactor. I mean, if you look at what AJ, I'm sorry, not AJ Brown, Antonio Brown did last season for Tampa Bay on a point per game basis when he was on the Buccaneers, he was the wide receiver six in fantasy points per game. Sure. I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen Julio do what Antonio Brown has done, you know, in his career lately. And he was not very good with Tennessee last season. But, you know, maybe he just needed a new head, a fresh landing space and a, a new start in Tampa Bay. I mean, like I just mentioned, Antonio Brown was top six in fantasy points per game last year in Tampa Bay. Again, he looked really good. He was rejuvenated in Tampa Bay. He looked great and crisp on the field. But that being said, I mean, Julio Jones, it, it's actually kind of fun to compare because Julio Jones and Antonio Brown was a debate for years before they started, you know, the decline and go to different teams when Antonio Brown was on the Steelers and Julio was still on the Falcons, but now they're on, they both, they both were, they, well, Antonio Brown was on Tampa Bay and now Julio is on Tampa Bay. So now we're going to find out, you know, who, who's better at like the age 33 or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think Julio's going to come in and be an instant impact. I just tweeted a few minutes ago that Julio is going to be a top 30 wide receiver, but maybe I need to bump that up. Maybe he's going to be like top 24. He could even be top 20. It's kind of hard to bet on with, you know, what we've seen from Julio of late with the injuries you know, his play level hasn't, be that, hasn't been as high as it used to be. But, I mean, it's still Julio freaking Jones, and he's playing with Tom Brady. This guy is going to get a lot of attempts. He's going to get a lot of opportunity, and I feel like he's going to get a lot of targets in this offense. Like I mentioned several times already, I know I don't want to sound like a broken record, but last year, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown did some very, very good things for fantasy football last season. So now you're entering the year again with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones, Chris Godwin's not going to be 100%. Mike Evans is going to be Mike Evans. We know what Mike Evans is. Every single year, he's going to be a stud. Julio Jones, though, I mean, that's a wild card to be thrown in that mix. All I know is they're going to be a really fun team to use on Madden next year. My goodness. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really, really interested to see how this offense plays out. If anyone wants to come up here and add their perspective or take on Chris Godwin, Julio, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, whatever, uh, come on up here and we'll get you up here and go for it. But uh, MJ, go right ahead, man. Um. You also got to think about the loss of Gronkowski as well. Gronkowski saw a ton of targets, especially a lot of end zone targets. So, I mean, you got to think that Julio might get half of those targets to his name, plus the other half when Godwin's not going to be playing. So, you know, thinking Julio Jones is going to be a top 24 wide receiver, that is definitely not out of sight. I mean, he possibly he could be a top 15 wide receiver if used correctly. I mean, if he goes off, just like how Antonio Brown went off the first six weeks. Uh, I mean, that's going to be some fun football to watch. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Aiden is here, and he wants to come up here and talk about Julio Jones. Love to see it. Aiden is the homie. Get it? Get this man to 1,000 followers, by the way. He deserves it. Anyway, Aiden, go ahead, bro. All right, I'm here. I, I just got out of work, and I see this Julio Jones news. And wow, okay. Um, it's exciting. I get it. We've seen it. it you were just saying, I love it, honestly. Bro, you were just saying it a minute ago. There was a point in time where we were debating Antonio Brown versus Julio Jones. Julio Jones has one of the greatest wide receiver peaks of all time. But at this point, like, like, look, it is awesome. He goes to one of the best offenses in the league. They lost Rob Gronkowski. They lost Antonio Brown. Who I think you could argue it's the best fantasy offense for him to end up on. I mean, they were, they were first in pass attempts last I year. I absolutely agree. Because, again, you do lose some of those guys. So there's a potential role there for Julio. I still think I prefer Russell Gage in fantasy over him. I think Russell Gage. Oh, stop it. Yes. Really? You really think Russell Gage is going to eat Julio Jones' yes, lunch? Yes, I do. I think Russell Gage is going to be the number two option here when Godwin is out. Um, and obviously, Mike Evans will still be the number one guy. But there's still a role for Dude, honestly, I just don't know if that's going to happen. Really? Even, I seriously think that even if Russell Gage right now is the better player, I feel like it's damn near impossible for – Julio Jones to come into training camp and come into preseason and come into the regular season and the head coach, you know, Todd Bowles and that staff say, okay, Julio, you're the wide receiver three for this team. I just don't think it's possible. I, I just don't think it's possible. I, I don't I know. Be sure. I mean, look at the investment. No team signed him throughout all of, you know, free agency. And I think I'll, I'll make the argument. I don't think I understand what you're saying exactly to the point that I think that. He's not Julio Jones anymore, right? Yes. But to, to, there's a point to be made with his older age. He's a veteran. Maybe he just didn't want to go through OTAs and minicamp. 
I mean, possibly, but I mean, even when we look at Russell Gage, the investment that the Buccaneers made, I mean, three years, $30 million handpicked by Tom Brady on day one of free agency. And I'm not telling you Gage is some elite receiver, uh, but I do think he's good. And honestly, I'd say at this point, probably better than Julio Jones. I still think Jones can make some sort of impact if he's healthy, but obviously you're running the risk of injury. This is a very small investment and it's you know, I don't think he's elite at this point anymore. Julio Jones's play has definitely declined. But like you said, Luke, he could make a run for the wide receiver two role. Again, I don't think he's right. I don't project him to beat out Russell Gage for that role when Godwin's out. But in this offense, you said it. They led the league in passing attempts last year. He is tied to an elite quarterback in Tom Brady who doesn't run the football. Like, it's, it's a perfect match made in heaven for fantasy. In the wide receiver three, if he is the wide receiver three in this offense, as he projects to be, that can still be a semi-valuable role. I don't project him to put up Antonio Brown numbers or anything close to that. But Julio Jones can still be a good, viable receiver. And now we really got to consider drafting him towards the end of drafts. Yeah, sorry, I keep muting my mic when I'm tweeting things. I really should just leave it unmuted. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that Julio is going to be insane. People are telling me, uh, someone just tweeted, you got to be kidding with Julio 28. I don't care, man. I Listen, I don't care. He Antonio Brown was the wide receiver six in points per game last year on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had the highest pass attempts of any offense in the NFL last year. Julio Jones is Julio Jones. I don't care if he's a corcus. A corcus? A carcass. <laughs> listen, he's going to suck. He might, be, he, might be, he might be terrible. I don't know. Julio Jones could literally look like A.J. Green in Arizona last year. But with all the passing work he's going to get, he's going to be productive. I don't care, man. I just think that he's going to be valuable. The fantasy, the the, the degenerate, sorry, not the fantasy degenerate, the degenerate weekly is up here. Uh, what do you think, man? Go ahead. Yeah, you got to pump the brakes on Julio Jones. Uh, I'm a, That's okay. I'm a That's Buc- fine. Go ahead. I'm a Bucks fan. I, I hate it. Uh, this feels like the 2003 Lakers where they signed Carl Malone. Um I, I would much rather – I know Godwin's injured. I love Godwin. Uh, he hopefully should be back for week one. But regardless, I mean, there's something there with Tyler Johnson. I love Mike Evans. Uh, you drafted Jalen Darden, who is a speed freak in the fourth round. And you got Scotty Miller. Like, put some time into these guys. There's a reason just now that he got signed – Julio Jones got signed to a one-year contract. Everybody was – going crazy when he went to Tannehill and the Titans. I know Tom Brady is much better than Tannehill. Don't, you don't have to work me on that, but I just hate this. I think it's, I think it's desperate. I think it's pathetic. I don't, it, it worked for signing Gronk. <laughs> why do you hate it so much? I don't understand why you hate it so much. I bet they got him for cheap. I mean, it's a veteran. You're, you're, I mean, you have Tom Brady, you're a win now team. I don't see what it hurts taking a shot on a guy who could go out and be a huge contributor for your team. Also, I mean, you saw what AB did for your team last year and it was kind ugh, of a similar situation. Ugh, I feel like we hoard ourselves out. I hate that too. I don't like AB. Also, like, He's I mean, a, you don't have to like him. I'm a Steelers fan. I mean, the guy's a clown. I get it. Yeah, but, but he I, was super I, good for your but team. There comes a point where, as a fan, you have to you have to like winning with the guys you like. I don't like just signing all these fucking guys like Antonio Brown. And now, also, he's a Falcon. All right. I mean, come on. Look, I know it's not like a a Brown. Steelers I mean, but those days are behind him. I don't think you can you know care about look, that. The signing. Look, he was already on the Titans. Look. It was enough getting the ex-Falcons for Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith. That made me want to vomit. Just no more. He's a Falcon for life. It's already weird watching uh, Brady in a Bucks uniform, but obviously I'll respect it and enjoy it. But come on. Signing Julio Jones is just weird. I don't like it. Draft someone. Invest in the guys you got. We're, we'll be fine. Do we really need – and what happens What happens when Chris Godwin is, is, does come back and he's healthy in a few weeks in the season? Okay, then Julio's got to take away from, from Mike and from Godwin? I don't like it. Yeah. Bro, I don't, I don't think you're understanding the point here. It's just like from a team-building perspective, why the hell not let the Buccaneers go out and get Julio Jones if they can? You know, they're going to win a Super Bowl. They, I mean, Chris Godwin is an injury concern. He is. I mean, I love Chris Godwin too. I think he's an absolute superstar. But, you know, he's coming off a pretty bad injury. He's not going to be himself for the first half of the year. I, mean, I, I would feel much more comfortable after losing Rob Gronkowski, too. I mean, how how do you like throwing out week one? Let's say Chris Godwin's not available. You know, he might be. I mean, do you like throwing out week one Mike Evans, Russell Gage, you know, whoever Brashard at Perry. tight end, Give me and, Perry. you know, maybe Jalen Darden or something? Yes. But, yes. Or, Give me Tyler Johnson. Yes. 
You'd rather have Tyler Johnson than yes. Julio Jones, than a who's a future Hall of Famer. Than a 34-year-old Julio Jones, who's been who's now on his third team. Brown did pretty all right for you guys last year. You're, Julio Jones is not who he once was. I'd much rather have a young guy who can get the experience and can we can have a future with them. Not a I know, but you're not player. doing that right now. You that's have a 45-year-old Tom Brady, and I think that's completely irrelevant for a one-year build with this team right now. I understand what you're saying in general from a team building perspective. Like you want to get the young guys reps, but your team is building the way this season. So I don't think it hurts at all to roll Julio out there. Uh, losing stocks, go ahead. I'm not sure which one of you it is. I don't. Uh, I don't hate the the play by the Bucks. I think Julio's a fine fit there. I think he will help get them through the the Godwinless weeks. Um, but as far as season long, like when you're looking at drafting Julio Jones and you say he's a He's possibly wide receiver. I think you said twenty to twenty-four, or at worst, top thirty. I have him. I have him slotted in my rankings right now at twenty-eight. Okay, so who are the guys at twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one that you are taking him? That you're taking Julio Jones over because those guys are are probably going to give you more season long. I think when Godwin comes back, you've now got a split between Evans, Gage, Godwin. The other guys that were just mentioned. I mean, sure, you can say that, right? Julio, last so. year, you know, we saw Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown all feast. I mean, this team is number one in pass attempts in the NFL last year. There's no shortage of volume. There's no there's no too many mouths to be narrative here with this team. So you think season finishing points, you, you can see him at wide receiver 28, not just until Godwin comes back. Yeah, for sure. And points per game, I feel like he easily could finish the season at like wide receiver 28. I don't think that's a problem for Julio. He doesn't have to be a consistent week-to-week wide receiver one like Julio Jones used to be. He, I feel like Julio Jones is going to get a decent amount of consistent volume, and he's going to have spike weeks. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, what, what we saw from Julio Jones, his bread and butter was 90-plus yards a game. I don't know that he has that left in the tank. If he's giving you 50 to 65 yards a game and he's not getting the touchdown, that's a lot of letdown weeks. That, that's that's tough to be a top 24 to 28 guy. But, again, I, I think Russell Gage obviously takes the biggest hit. But then when Godwin comes back, you're going to have to steer away, I think, from Gage and Julio because they'll just cannibalize each other. I mean, it's certainly possible, right? I mean, I don't really think, again, I totally understand what you're saying with these guys there. But, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, again, this team was not close to number two. They, they were the number one passing attempt offense in the NFL last season. I think that Julio Jones could have, still have some gas in the tank. And honestly, honestly, I don't really care if he's that good. Uh, and just so you guys know, he actually, Julio is now my wide receiver 29. Uh, I currently have him one spot below Amon Ross St. Brown. There you go. But who are the who are a couple guys that you're taking him over? Who's 30, 31, 32? Uh Gabriel Davis, Devonta Smith, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Alave, Guy Moore, okay. Bob, Christian Watson. I mean, there's a couple guys in there I'm sure you can like before, but I think the upside of Julio is better than he's expected. Yeah, I mean, I can see. Who knows? Also, I'm sure he's going to move. He's going to move a lot for me before the season, but that's where I have him right now. It's going to move. Okay. Uh, if anyone, so obviously the 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 degenerate hates it. Um, losing. Wait, which one? Which, who's on losing sucks right now? I know there's two of you. It's Travis. Usually on Twitter, it's okay. Travis. Okay, I didn't know. Uh, but Travis, so like. I, in general, do you like the signing for the Buccaneers? Like, what do you think this means for the Buccaneers? Um, I think it's it's fine for the Bucs. I don't think that they have the intention of Julio being a focal point in the offense. I think we'll see – I think snap share, I would not be surprised to see Gage play more snaps than Julio Jones. Um, it's in possible. Order, in it's order possible. to keep him healthy. I think he he's a, a locker room presence and more of a, a safety valve for if Brady and Gage are really not clicking at all, then maybe Julio replaces Gage in the offense. But I don't see Julio Jones coming in and getting you a thousand yards, which I think Gage could be really close to it. Sure. I honestly feel like this makes Russell Gage 
really, really unusable in fantasy, honestly. I mean, he'll still be draftable, I guess. Um, but this completely wipes away any of his ceiling, in my opinion. I feel like Russell Gage now goes from a, a guy who, at his best, could give you like a top 24 season, top 30 season, to a guy who will be like a weekly flex play at best. Yeah, I agree. I think I'll probably move him from around 24 to probably around that 36 range. Yeah, I, I don't feel very good about Russell Gage at all anymore. Aiden, what you got, man? So, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it because I had Gage right now at wide receiver 25 of my rankings, I believe. I don't even know. You guys are both pretty high on Gage. I, I, I was never really that high on him. I liked him as like, a deep sleeper guy, but not as like a wide receiver two. I, it was more so, yeah, that fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Um, it, you, you could fluctuate within the tier and whatnot, but... Obviously, now with, with the signing of Julio Jones, he moves down a little bit. But, Luke, you are very, like, solidified in on, like, Julio Jones over Russell Gage. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I again, I think, you know, the NFL is also a business. I don't want to have to say that for player personnel decisions. But I feel like for Julio Jones to be out there on the field week one, he's going to be playing a considerable amount of snaps. He's going to be playing a, a larger role in this offense than I think people might expect just because, I don't know. I just feel like there's something in the you water still there buy in Tampa the Bay. I still buy the talent. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I just – the injuries are, any, if anything, is a concern for Julio, but I feel like if he can stay healthy – I mean, we saw ancient Tom, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski do some magical things last year. We saw 33-year-old Antonio Brown do really, really good things last year. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities. We see Julio Jones, you know, go down to Florida, you know, go swimming in the go swimming in the ocean with Tom Brady out there, and they have a good old time and have a good season. I don't know. I just feel like it's possible. I feel like that. I'm just personally, I'm gonna take the shot on Julio ADP, whatever his ADP shakes out to be. I feel like I'll be higher than it. Um, you know, I'm gonna take the shot on him. I mean, he's Julio Jones. He's a great player. Obviously, he's on the decline. But he's, he's landed, I think, in the best possible situation for Absolutely. him ever. Highest pass attempts in the NFL last year. Chris Godwin's coming off the ACL. He's going to have a down season. Russell Gage is Russell Gage. I'm not too worried about him eating his lunch, personally. Uh, you know, Gronk's gone. Even more opportunity there. I just think that, you know, this team's looking to win now. They're looking to do things this season. And I feel like Julio Jones could ride off into the sunset with a nice year here in Tampa Bay. I don't know. I was hoping for that reunion. And Indy, I think being the that would have been really cool. Ryan Fun. Holtz, a clear number two, where where they really need a clear number two, as opposed to a splitting three with Gage behind Godwin and Evans. I I think Indy was where I was hoping, but I don't hate it for the for the Bucks. See, Travis, that's the thing that I think that I that might make me like Julio more than other people is that I'm completely hands-off on Chris Godwin this season. I think Chris Godwin is irrelevant for fantasy this season. Well, not relevant. He's going to have fantasy relevance. Don't get me wrong. He's going to. But he's not going to be Chris Godwin until at minimum, like, five to six weeks into the season. Like, Chris Godwin we know and love. Unless his rehab is going absolutely phenomenally, and I don't really think it is. Um, just, you know, him starting the season on uh, preseason on the pop list and stuff, which is expected, right? I just yeah, I don't think we see him before week eight. No. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I, was like, I don't really think we're going to see him. And even when he comes back, when he comes back, wherever that, whenever that will be, he's not going to be himself. And that's the thing with ACL injuries. You know, again, working exactly. for that injury website and Pro Football Doc, that's the biggest thing I've learned, honestly, is that when you tear the ACL, year one back from the ACL is usually not good. The second year is when you usually see the return to form. And that's another reason why I'm so big on Cortland Sutton this year, actually. Yes, yes. He's two years removed from the ACL now. Uh, that's a big, big thing. And that's another reason why, you know, Jamison Williams, completely off him this season. Next year, great. It's a it's a whole thing. So Chris Godwin this year, not really concerned. That's another thing. I feel like Julio Jones could be potentially the wide receiver, too, to start the year for the Buccaneers. And that's big-time value, you know? I feel like it's certainly within a range of outcomes. And that's why I really like him right now. I'm going to be higher on consensus than him. Just from immediately everyone's reactions on Twitter, I can just tell I'm going to be a big Julio Jones guy. And I honestly have no problem with that. This team's going to be giving him a lot of opportunity even if he falls off a lot in terms of talent, if he's on the field and playing as the wide receiver two or three in this team, he's going to get fed opportunity. He's going to get fed targets. And I feel like, you know, 70% of prime Julio will be plenty to get the job done at his cost. 
yeah, you really can't be in on Chris Godwin in round six. I'm certainly not. As you said, ACL tear at the end, week 15 of last season. We have no idea when he's going to come back. And this is a Buccaneers team that's going to be winning games. They're going to be on a roll. They could easily say, look, we just want to make sure Godwin gets back to 100%. They're going to push this thing back, maybe even to like week nine, week 10, week 11. And then, like you said, Luke, uh, typically this first year back, those first weeks back from an ACL tear or an Achilles tear, injuries of that nature we see these guys get off to a slower start and yes when Godwin's on the field he'll be very good but I don't think it's a lock that we see wide receiver one top 12 option Chris Godwin immediately Sorry, I did the thing where I mute my mic and then tweet something because it takes too You're long. You're pretty good at that. I know, I'm really good at it. I don't know why. I'm getting, really, I'm getting really unlucky with the timing there. Uh, but all right, we only have four minutes left to go. I'm actually really happy I did the show at 4 o'clock today instead of 7 o'clock because we got that perfect reaction to the breaking news live. So that's awesome. Um, if anyone wants to ask any questions, now's the time. We have four minutes left to go. Uh, anything fantasy football or anything you just want to – oh, wait, sorry, Gizmo. Gizmo, uh, you, uh, you've been waiting. Uh, do you have anything you want to contribute to the conversation, man? Yeah, I think we got it. Uh, you know, he's going to be the fill-in for Godwin for at least four to six weeks. And I don't see really how he affects Gage at all, except maybe taking away a target or two. I, I think Gage could get upwards of 130 targets this year. Those short passes that Brady loves wow, to throw. Wow, so you're a big Russell Gage believer, huh? I don't know that I'm big, but also I'm not putting uh, Jones I mean, over Mooney. 130 targets, that's, that's big time. 130 targets. He could it could be, but I'm also projecting Mooney for about 150. And you're putting, you know, Jones well, yeah, over him. I which... totally agree with you on that because, well, I mean, in, in the Bears offense, it's Darnell Moody and Cole Komet and a bunch of nobodies, to be quite frank. So, I mean, the Tampa Bay, you know, you have Mike Evans and you have now you have Julio Jones and the corpse of Chris Godwin and, you know, and Russell Gage. So, I don't really know. I mean, 130 targets, I mean, that's a lot. But I, like I've been saying, you know, heavy. they led the NFL yeah, you're right. attempt. Pass-heavy offense, and Brady's looking to, you know, definitely dump the ball off. And I'm from New England. I'm a New England fan. I've just – I've seen it for too many years. Yeah, absolutely. So, that being said then, so if you really like Russell Gage, where do you think Julio Jones slots into this offense? How do you think that role looks like for him? I believe it's going to be the fill-in. Sorry, you cut Veteran out for a second. Well, I, th- I believe guy. you were going to say the fill-in for Chris Godwin. Yeah, I think he, he just he fills in for Godwin until Godwin's at least 80% healthy or until uh, he proves that – or Godwin proves that he's healthy enough to overtake Julio. Yeah, right. I mean, I totally understand. Again, I just don't know. Man, it's going to be tough. I, I feel pretty confident that week one, Julio will be over Russell Gage in the death chart. But that being said, though, I mean, again, I said the thing earlier about a veteran not wanting to be there for OTAs and all that stuff. But Russell Gage has been. So maybe, you know, with Russell Gage having more time in this offense, more time to do install, more time to get accustomed to the, to the team and all that, maybe we see Russell Gage open up over Julio on the depth chart. And I'm also going to be curious to see with Julio's old age if it's going to be like a full workload or if it's going to be like a, you know, okay, Julio, it's third down, get on the field. Okay, Julio, we're in the red zone, get out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like they might deploy him more situationally. That could be interesting. That could be something to keep an eye on throughout preseason and camp. I'm, I'm very, very interested to see these reports out of Tampa Bay camp. That's going to be a big thing for this, right? We're going to need to see the, the relationship there in camp, in Tampa Bay. Who's the wide receiver one? Who's the wide receiver two? Well, Mike Evans is the wide receiver one. Who's the wide receiver two? Who's the wide receiver three, et cetera? It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, Adam Con- Adam Conley's coming up here. Adam is loading in. I'm going to see what he has to say, and then we're probably going to wrap after that. Adam, how you doing, man? What's up? Hey, Luke. How you doing, bud? Oh. Doing great. Hey, uh, one of the things I was just thinking of is the uh, target allocation for the wide receivers. I don't know that Julio is going to get more than 100. Um, I'm thinking probably around five to six catches a game averaging uh, with Chris Godwin out. And then when he comes back, it might drop down to even three because he's going to spread the ball around. They're going to do a lot of three wide sets, four wide sets. I don't see Gage getting that many targets either. I mean, five targets a game probably on average. What are your thoughts? Sure. I mean, that's a totally valid point. Honestly, the more I think about it, I feel like we're just going to need to see, wait and see more with training camp and preseason reports as far as the depth chart goes. Um, I still think that Julio's upside could be really good. I still feel pretty confident in that, like, that top 30 ranking right now. 
uh, just like in my mind, because I feel like he slots into a bigger role than a lot of people are giving him credit for right now. Um, but, you know, that being said, it's going to really come down to training camp, preseason, just how the NFL views Julio Jones right anymore. And I feel like that's going to be really, really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I could see him taking the number two spot, uh, especially for the first five weeks of the season. Sure. Um, and Gage running, the, you know, the third slot. Um, but, yeah, they're going to run that out. Uh, you know, Mike Evans, I think he's going to get, you know, on average, probably nine to ten targets a week on average. You know, you're going to who's going to line up at slot though, because you know Brady loves throwing the slot, right? But they're they're also the type of offense where they're going to bounce it around. They're not going to have just one person only in the slot. They're going to mix it up. Mike Evans played out of the slot last year as well. Okay, I did the thing again. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. The slot's going to be an interesting thing to watch as well. This whole this whole team is going to be really interesting. Honestly, I mean, you you have Antonio Brown leave. Chris Godwin's banged up to start the year. Rob Gronkowski's gone. That whole tight end situation is going to be something to watch now. And then Julio Jones enters the equation and Russell Gage. I mean, there's a lot of turnover, a lot of new interesting pieces to look at in Tampa Bay. Adam, I really appreciate coming here and uh, contributing to wrap things up for us today, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Football Radio Hour. I really appreciate you guys tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the conversation, especially around uh, the Julio Jones breaking news. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you again tomorrow for another episode of the Fantasy Football Radio